How do people use an Apple Watch? What do they find best about it? What do they like the least? Should I buy one or is this just extravagant? It's episode 412 of the Dan York Report and I want to share my experience over the last seven months, which was when I began this whole journey because I was asking myself those questions. And I also want to share my one big huge caveat about why you might not want to buy an Apple Watch. So for some background, I had a Fitbit watch for many years and I'd been using it. It worked. It was great. I did a lot of uh, running, that kind of stuff. And, and I liked it. But back in the fall of 2021, it had been a couple years since I'd been doing any kind of real running and I wanted to get back into it, but I found two issues. One, my Fitbit, I couldn't really read it in the sun. And the second part, it was just hard to read. I had one of the Alta HRs. It was an older model there. I could have bought a new Fitbit or a Garmin or many of these other watches that are out there. And I looked at them. I looked at a number of different options, but the reality is, well, two things. One, I'm already deep in the Apple ecosystem. And secondly, Fitbit had been bought by Google. So it's kind of like, who do I give my, my data to? Is it Apple or is it Google? Which one do I want to do? So I wanted to learn a little bit more. Growing up uh, as a kid, I was always reading the comics with Dick Tracy's watch, always looking at all these kind of cool things. So I asked on Twitter, back in February and I had a whole thread of people coming back to me with ideas and things I'd never thought about. So I said, okay, let's do this. So I went out and I bought the the bottom of the line series three Apple watch, which, you know, it may have a limited lifespan in terms of obsolescence, but this was a test. It was only, I got it for a deal for only $149. I wasn't ready to spend six or $700, you know, recording and getting a, a, a watch that I wasn't even sure I'd like. So I got it. I used it. It's been now most of seven months. And I have to say, I like it. I like a lot about it. It's become a part of my daily routine. And it's really a convenience more than a necessity. It, but it's great. And it helps in so many ways. Let's, I'm going to talk about a little bit about what it helps, why I use it, how I use it, what was there. Uh, first of all, it works as a watch, right? <laughs> I mean, basic thing. It's a watch. It works. I can use it. I can see the time. I can read it. I can display it. It's all good. The other part was for running, it works great. I, it's visible. I can just look down at it. I can see it. It's all great. Um, I use RunKeeper as an app. It works well for that. Heart rate tracking, all of that. It's excellent. So my initial goals of what I wanted out of this were achieved. But what else did it do? Kind of on a daily basis, probably the single biggest thing I use it for is a timer, believe it or not, because I drink tea. So I go down and I make myself a cup of tea in my kitchen and I let it steep for about three or four minutes. So, you know, I, this is just a silly thing perhaps, but I can just tap a button on my watch and tap again, boom, and I've got a timer and then after four minutes, it buzzes very nicely on me. Now, before this, I was doing it with my phone. I had used a little, there's a hack in the, in the iPhone in the accessibility settings. You can set it so you can just t- like tap the back of the phone and it'll cause a timer to go off. It was great. It worked fine. But this is even easier because I don't have to take my phone out. My watch, my hand is right there. I can just go and tap on it and do it. The timer function is also one of the real useful pieces because you can have multiple timers going simultaneously. So if you're cooking, you can, um, you know, set up a couple of different things for different times that you know are going off. Uh, it, It does work with Siri. I'm not a big Siri user, but I have a time said, you know, hey, blank, uh, set a timer for whatever. And it's done that. I also like, you can use it to silence alarms and, and it just buzzes. It has the, the so-called the haptic tap feedback. It's not, it just buzzes on your hand. It doesn't really make a lot of noise. I turn off a lot of the sounds on that kind of stuff. 
So that's kind of the biggest thing I use it for every single day, multiple times, all the time. It's a huge convenience in that regard. The other piece, and this is perhaps a little bit more focused on the work I do, is the display of multiple time zones. And here's the thing. I work for a global nonprofit organization that has people spread all over the world. So our meetings are, you know, some of the big events and things are all set up in UTC, Universal Time Coordinator, which is the, the new, which some older people may remember as GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, but it's UTC is the formal does. And yes, there's a difference. Okay. But just go with me. Okay. UTC. So what's nice is I can just put, I have it. I have a watch face. I'm looking at it right now. Of course, you can't see me unless you're on Twitch, um, but I can, um, I have UTC built right into the, the face. So the main time is at the top and right below that it says UTC and whatever it is, you know, plus four hours in my case, I'm on the US Eastern. That's fantastic because I'll be, you know, when I'm on my desk on my computers, I have little things up in the menu bar on, on the Apple, on the Mac that, uh, that tell me the times in different locations. I can see it right now. I'm looking at it above my Audacity screen. I can see London, UTC, Geneva, Serbia, Ethiopia, Singapore, just different places I interact with people in. But when I'm moving around, if I get a WhatsApp message from somebody saying, hey, you know, that next meeting is going to happen at, you know, such and such UTC, I don't have to try to do the math in my head. I can just look at my watch and say, oh, okay, that's X amount from now or whatever else it may be. Similarly, when I've been supporting somebody remotely in a location, there was an event in Kigali, Rwanda, where people were working there, another event in Geneva where I was providing kind of virtual support in some ways, just helping out with different things. They, people there had WhatsApp chats or other different messaging chats. And I was able to just look at my watch and be able to say, oh, it's that time there. I know what it is. It made the time zone you know, thing super easy. So that's like a second super huge help with it. The other thing I do almost every day is it's got a little weather you can put a little weather button on there, an icon, and you can hit that. And it has a linkage with weather.com and it provides this very nice little circular view of the hour by hour temperature, uh, the weather forecast, the, the percentage uh, precipitation, super huge, useful thing. I use it every day. It's, it's fantastic for that. I also, when I've been doing more workouts, I have a little in, in the bottom of my screen, I just tap it and I can go and start a workout you know, these kind of things, just very easy to go and do things that normally I would have had to pull my phone out for and, and set that and do it in some way. So it works super well if you're using those kind of apps that are there. I also like the, uh, the text messages. When I get one coming in, I get a little, you know, buzz on my wrist that tells me there's something I can look at. I can just glance down, see that I don't do a lot of replying from it. Um, there are canned replies that I've sent sometimes, but it's there. Similarly, calendar notifications are nice. You can just get that and say, oh yeah, okay, I've got this coming up in some time. It's very easy. Again, I'm not pulling out my phone or doing something else. Something that has come to be very useful and critical, but I had no idea was even a thing, was using the, it as a, as a second form of authentication, 2FA. Uh, and this was something people had said in, in the Twitter responses. They'd been like, hey, you know, Dan, this is what I use it for all time. I unlock my Mac, I unlock my iPhone, I unlock other devices. And, and it's great because it is something that you have with you. If you go back to traditional security metrics, you think about, you know, how do you, what's security wise, what's passwords and things. It's usually something you know, like a password, a pin, something you have, or something you are when you get into biometrics like thumbprints or, 
or facial recognition, those kind of things. But this is clearly not something you have. It's like a you know a smart card or a, or a, you know some kind of device or dongle or things that that provides you with that kind of access. It's it's really there. It's surprising to me how useful this is. Now, it, I will also admit it doesn't always work for me. I think it partly has that my iMac can be super busy with a lot of stuff going on, and so it sometimes doesn't like wake up right away or use the watch, but it works enough to be useful for me. I, uh, I actually really find that super useful in some way. Now, those are the kind of things I do every day with it. And again, it's, it's a convenience. It really it helps out and it makes that so much quicker. Other stuff I do on a kind of more weekly basis is... I, I didn't use this for the longest time, but boy, the Apple Pay is awfully convenient. Here in the United States, a lot of sites, a lot of places have Apple Pay where you can just go and, and pay right at the cash register or whatever. And so, you know, if I'm trying to whip through the grocery store or something really quickly and I just get some things, I go up to the thing, I can just literally double tap the button on the side of my my watch and, you know, hold it near the reader. It catches it. It does all that. And I'm out. It's uh, it's wonderful because, again, I don't have to take out my wallet. I don't have to take out my phone, uh, anything like that. It's, again, just super simple that you can go and do that. I do use the health stats, my heart rate, uh, sleeping, I, stuff on that line. I only just use the built-in apps. I'm not using anything special, but, you know, doing things there. I also use a, um, a task tracking app called Things in, in the Apple world from Cultured Code, and I can just very easily, up, you know, enter in new items or stuff. I don't do it all that often. I can also watch the existing items and I can check them off. But I do do it sometimes when I'm like, oh, I needed to remember this. And it's inconvenient for me to pull my phone out or something like that. I can just go and do it. Yes, I could use Siri too. I don't, but whatever. I can go and enter it in. I also use an app called Day One for journaling and just talk about you know recording things that are going on and stuff. And it, it, it has a nice feature with the watch that you can record little audio snippets. So you can be able to do that and record it directly in there. There's a lot of other things it does, of course. You know, uh, you can have calls. You can accept a phone call um, instead of pulling out your phone or something else. I've done that a few times. I don't, I don't actually get a lot of calls, so I don't really need to accept it as much there. And usually, when I do, my phone's around or something. But I have done that. It has worked. Uh, I meant I use an app called MindNode for all my mind mapping, and including like the outline of the show that I'm actually recording right now. And it does have a nice app there that you can view recent mind maps, add to them, edit them, do some pieces like that. You know, it's cool. It's a nice thing. I don't, again, I don't use it all the time, but it's nice to have that there. Um, every once in a while, I'll look at the news app on there. Usually I'm using something else. When I when it's winter time and it's skiing, there's a nice little app that you can use to help initiate a ski run or, or actually it will, one of them will just start using, you know, it, it notices your motion with the watch. And so it will record your, your ski runs and stuff on that line. Again, perhaps particular to the region I live in where we have skiing like that. Uh, I, there was an app, there's an app called Water Llama that lets you log how much water. And for a while I was tracking that and seeing how much water I was, uh, was drinking. And that was super useful. Again, very easy way. The audio controls are nice um, for being able to turn on or off a, um, you know, Spotify or Overcast for podcasts or Audible, whatever else. You can see those kind of things. I was in the car recently and uh, my phone was up in the front using Spotify to play into the car, but I was sitting in the back. Somebody else was driving and and it was excellent to just be able to use the watch to be able to go in and, and change the playlist around, change the order, do some different things. You know, that was cool. 
Um, there are tons of watch faces. They're certainly fun to play with. I've done a bunch of different ones that I use for different things. It's also kind of cool. You can take a picture uh, on your phone, on your iPhone, and then just say, you know, create a watch face on it. And that will create a watch face that'll come over onto your watch. So if you have something that you want to just memorialize for a minute or whatever, you want to capture and, you know, see on your wrist all the time, you, you can do that. Now, I tend to, like I said, I have a particular watch face I use that gets me these different functions and things, but it's, um, it's cool. Um, the maps are, I've used them a few times. I, I haven't traveled enough to be walking places where I might find the watch useful. Apple Maps, of course, worked better than Google Maps. I tend to use Google Maps, so it was there. But you could get that kind of feedback about where you're going and stuff like that. The, the camera remote has also been useful when I've set the phone somewhere and I've my iPhone and I use it to take pictures. I can be standing back and take the picture tapping my watch discreetly rather than trying to hold my arm out to do a selfie with everybody there or something like that. So those are all kind of the cool things I've seen on it over time. Again, um, other people out there, a number of people have the, the uh, more expensive models, the higher models, and many people like the ECG function, that can, the electrocardiogram that can actually monitor your heart at a higher level than what, what you get in the basic item. A lot of other people talked about the same things I've been talking about here with exercise tracking, sleep tracking, timers. Uh, 2FA has been a big one in the people that, uh, that mentioned that, those kind of things. Somebody used it for, uh, they used to like to focus what they're doing and they use OmniFocus, another task tracking kind of tool, and they use that right on there. Some people mentioned some of the mindfulness apps and pieces. I haven't used any of those. Somebody else talked about using it as a flashlight, and I, I realized there is that function on there, but I have never really used it too much, but it is there. So lots of things you could do with it. You know, overall, I, I, I like it. You know, it's, it, the controls are there. It's, it's been become part of my daily life. And it's really there. So, so what is my dislike? Or what's the caveat that I have that I would strongly encourage people to think about it? The big challenge, battery life. It's, it was my one concern going into this, and it's proven to be a big issue for me. Now, in, in relationship, in context, I had a Fitbit Alta HR that I could charge probably once a week. You know, I'd put it in its charger, and it would do its thing, and I could forget about it for the next week. With the, with the Apple Watch, I have to daily charge the thing. So I have to figure out where in my life is it, is it going to be a time for the watch to sit for 30 to 45 minutes. Now, I, I should put a, another caveat here. I have the Apple 3 or the Series 3. It's the bottom of the line. It's the bare bones basic Apple Watch that came out a number of years ago, but you can still get it. It's the cheap entry point in here. I'm told by some that the Later watches, the series, the five, six, seven, et cetera, all have better capabilities. Battery life may be better, et cetera. But I've still heard people saying that they've got to charge it a lot, even with the higher ones, because you have a bigger display, you can do more with it, all of those kinds of things. And this is really the caveat. Now, some people, it seems, as I've researched this, you know, some people just put it on their nightstand and they put it there and they let it charge overnight, and that kind of thing, and they have it in the morning which is fine. And I think that could be a great way to do it, except that I want to track my sleep. That's one of the reasons I got it was for sleep tracking. So I can't do that. But for me daily, if I'm at my desk at my, you know, sitting here doing my work, then I can actually work with this pretty fine. I have a charger sitting right on my desk. It reminds me 
and I just go and take the watch off, plop it down for 30 or 45 minutes, something like that while I'm in a meeting and when it's, it's done. So it's all there. But other days when I'm not in my office doing this, it has become a challenge. Uh, for instance, when I was going skiing in the, in the winter, I had to remember to think about, okay, I need to charge it when I first get up, you know, having breakfast, getting ready, getting the stuff in the car, doing all that kind of stuff. Or I have to go and bring a charger cable in the car, that type of stuff. Similarly, weekends, you know, I forgot to, to do it, that kind of thing. Um, it goes into uh, power reserve mode if you don't, if it gets down to the bottom. I was uh, kayaking in the middle of Lake Champlain one time and I feel this buzzing on my wrist and I look down and it says, you're at 10% power mode. It's going to go in the power reserve now, whatever. And, and, and that was fine. You know, it wasn't that I absolutely needed it, but the functions of the watch, the things I've come to use with it were, um, were no longer available. You know, once it started to go into that mode and, and to die. Uh, the other piece I found was that, and this is again, perhaps a Northern, you know, climate kind of thing. It was challenging to use in the winter, just because like any watch in the winter, uh, you're going to be using it and it's inside coats when you're going outside. You know, when I was skiing, when I was doing stuff like that, you had to like peel back the take, peel back the cut, you know, the coat to be able to see what's there. Again, that's the thing with any watch, right? So it's not necessarily this or anything else, but it's just one of those challenges that, you know, you have to think about, well, am I paying for a very expensive thing to have on here if I can't use it for five months of the year when I'm outside or something like that. You know, all of those kinds of things. Uh, the The upgrades were a little bit more than I thought. They took a little bit longer, but that's just kind of typical, that kind of thing. I had to just plan a block of time when I didn't need the phone or the watch because they had to be together near themselves to do it. But again, my one big concern was this whole battery life thing. Uh, somebody I know, uh, was debating about the, the, the different options and wound up choosing a, a Fitbit option because uh, she didn't want to deal with the daily charging. She could go several days with hers. And I think that is something you have to think about is does that daily charging fit into your lifestyle somehow? Can you make that part of what goes on? There's many other things that it does that I, I haven't even played with. Uh, I haven't used some of the mindfulness piece. I haven't used the walkie-talkie. I haven't used the Find My or Authenticator, some of the other different things that it can do that I just, I scroll down a list of apps and I'm like, yeah, I don't just see that. But there's a lot of pieces. Would I, would I recommend this? Yeah, probably. You know, if it's, it's not really life-changing, but it's useful. It's a, it's a useful tool. If you can accept that fact that you need to go and, and figure out the daily charging piece, if you can factor that into your life, then yes, it's a, it's a cool thing. It's a convenience. It works and does a lot of that kind of stuff. It's really become useful to me in so many ways. Now, I'm not ready to go yet and spend a large amount of money to get one of the new ones, but it is a useful thing at this point in time if you can figure out how to integrate that daily charging. Would I get another one in the future when this one breaks or when, when Apple no longer supports it or whatever happens? Perhaps. I think I would want to look at my options and see, can I find something that, uh, that does it? But again, I'm deep in the Apple ecosystem. So I use iPhones, iPads, Macs, all of that. I use the apps. And so for that person like me, the Apple Watch is a natural extension of that ecosystem, letting you participate in all of that. So it works for me in that kind of space. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you have an Apple Watch, do some of the things I've talked about resonate? You know, have you found other things? What was really interesting to you in using it? What do you 
dislike about it. All of those kinds of things. I'd love to hear your comments and feedback. You can leave them on soundcloud.com slash danyork or wherever you find this on social media. I tend to send it around there. You can always send me a message to at danyork on Twitter or danyork at mastodon.social if you use Mastodon. You can use good old-fashioned email to dan at danyork.org. And you can find more of my audio and writing, etc. at my site called danyork.me. So thanks to my youngest daughter for the intro and outro music, and thanks to all of you for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>